Hi, this is Kendra James, and you're listening to Tanya Tate Presents the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. to all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is my podcast. Formerly MILF's Making Money, now Tanya Tate presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. On today's show, Facing Your Fears. Also on the show, my special guest, Kendra James, will share how she's carved out her own niche for shooting fetish and custom movies. How can you make custom media content that sells? You know, certain times of the year can make you feel more scared than others. Do you prefer bright daylight over dark nights? And does the dark make you feel afraid because, you know, we can't see what's in there? Or did you feel as a child that you were scared of the dark and think, oh my God, there could be monsters lurking under the bed or in places that you can't see them? I was one of those kids. I didn't like the dark and I have to say, I still don't like the dark now. I like bright, I like brightness, I like warmth. But I've got to say, just because you can't see what's in the dark doesn't mean that you need to be afraid of it. But there's just so many things that we are afraid of. And in October, I went to a Halloween event. So I was asked by a friend if I wanted to go to a Halloween Horror Night, and it's at Universal Studios in Hollywood, California. And when I initially thought about it, I was immediately like, nope. Nope, not going, not going to there. Why would I want to go through all those mazes with all those scary characters in that like they try and jump out at you and try and scare the hell out of you? Okay, I am a big scaredy cat. <laughs> oh, I wanted to know, I was saying to myself, why am I not willing to push myself out of my comfort zone and face my fears? You know, face those things that I know are going to scare the living daylights out of me. So apart from thinking, okay, I'm going to be with a friend for the night and I'm going to have the night off from Aussie, there had to be more to dragging myself through every scary maze and like sweating with fear. I wanted to know if I could do it. By taking risks and choices, we make decisions on our journey of life. There's so many decisions that we make and so many things we stop, we stop and we think, ooh. What am I going to do? Am I going to say yeah? Am I going to say no? Am I too scared to make that next step? Think about all those decisions that you've made back in your life. You know, for me, just thinking about it, back in 2010, when I moved to LA, was I too scared to make the move? No, I wasn't too scared. I just knew that that was the next step. I was taking a chance. I was going for it. And even going back further back, you know, I've done a lot of different things and 
I did like a Princess Trust team building event. So there was different activities and opportunities. And one of them was to go mountain climbing. And I'd never done mountain climbing before. And it's quite high and, you know, you climb on the hooks and you're hanging on by the rope and you're like, okay, we're going to do this. And that's what life is. It's like climbing. You're kind of climbing up and you're taking those steps, those tentative steps, and you're looking for the right piece to grip your hand on or to grip your foot on. And sometimes they're easy and they come after each other. And sometimes you've really got to reach out and stretch your leg or your arm to get there. And there are times climbing up and you lose your grip, you lose your balance. And yeah, I did it. When I was rock climbing, I was hanging on a few times by that rope. But I trusted the people that had hold of the rope. And I trusted myself, the belief that, you know, if I fall off, I'm still safe. And all I need to do is get back on the wall again and climb back up again. I think one of the worst things for me on that team building event at the Princess Trust was potholing. I absolutely hate enclosed spaces. I'm claustrophobic. It was definitely a challenge. So I'm standing there and I'm looking at the hole and it's like, okay, you climb in and you go around and you come out the other side. (sighs) Take a deep breath. (sighs) How am I going to do that? And everyone's doing it. So what was holding me back? It was my fear of thinking that I couldn't do that. And sometimes you just got to take a step back and be like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? I'm going to come out the other side. Nothing's going to happen. The worst thing that's going to happen is everything's in my head. I'm thinking of all these worst case possibilities. All I needed to do was go in and crawl through and come out the other side. So that is a fear. It's like facing the fear. And I thought, well, I'm on a team building course. This is supposed to push me. It's supposed to put me out of my comfort zone. And I did, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. One person in front, one person behind. Don't stop. Keep going. Okay, keep going. And I got in that pothole, and I crawled and crawled and crawled and crawled and crawled. Probably thinking about it, I probably had my eyes closed till I got out the other side, and I did it. It was like... The achievement afterwards. It was just something so small, but something so big. The Halloween Horror Night. Okay, I really don't like scary things. I don't like scary things that jump out at you, that come in your face, that scream, that make loud noises. I hated the ghost train when I was a kid. One time, my cousin, who was a little bit older than me, took me inside this fun house, this horror fun house, and we opened the door, and it was just all monsters and everything was puppets nothing was real but I just couldn't get in I was so frightened I had to climb back through the barrier to get back out (laughs) my cousin ended up going through this haunted horror fun house all by herself and she loved it but some things they just they just scare you so much but Going around the the Halloween events, going through the whole load of monsters, they're not real. I got through it by knowing that I would come out the other end, that thinking to myself, okay, they're not real. 
they're just people in costumes with makeup and outfits and it's just loud music and I know something's going to come out so I'm expecting something to come out but nothing's going to happen so I just trusted myself to do it doesn't mean I, I it doesn't mean I went in with my eyes fully open and it doesn't mean I didn't hold on to the person in front but I was still pushing my comfort zone and I come out the other side and I have to say, I did all the mazes, except one maze. I was just like, you know what? I've pushed myself enough tonight. I'm not going to do the clown maze. I'm not doing it. I was like, I'll just have a little sit down. But that was okay because it didn't matter that I didn't do the clown maze. I'd already pushed myself. I'd already achieved going into those scary places and coming out the other side and knowing that I made that happen. That was a success. You know, sometimes facing your fears, you've just got to do it. There's so many benefits. Just by simply embracing your fears, you're challenging yourself. We push ourselves beyond what we think we can achieve. So afterwards, you can say, I did that. I achieved that. What a feeling of success and satisfaction after doing it, knowing that you did it. What about having dreams? What are some of the things that stop you from achieving the dream? I bet you one of the things is fear. You're thinking, how do I get there? What if I fail? Fear is what keeps you in the comfort zone. I've got to say, if you start feeling fear, focus on the end result. Think of how you'll feel when you've achieved that dream. Take one step at a time to get there. When the stakes are high, we want to achieve something. So you're either going to feel fear or excitement so there's two sides to a coin. So if you're feeling fear or you're letting it paralyze you, flip it to the other side and choose to feel excitement. You want to be excited to inspire you to grow. Do you ever remember like being told, oh, I want to see you after class or see behind after work or I, I need to have a I need to have a call with you? You know, did you feel worried? Did you think the worst? I'm sure like if it's your boss, you might have thought, oh, now I'm going to lose my job. I mean, I, I remember that happening to me when I was younger. Someone, I, I want to have a word with you, stay behind. There's so many stories that run through your mind, so many ifs and buts. It's like my stomach would drop with the dread and the fear. It's like, why do they want to see me? But what you've got to remember is what is fact and what is fiction. You know, the fact is they want to see you. The fiction is all the stories in your head. When the fear arises, you're the one that chooses how to react. So is your reaction based on the facts? Or are you just assuming some fictional story that you're telling yourself? So instead of worrying about the what-ifs of the future, I would say... Get back to using your mind to be productive in your current situation right right now and then move forward choosing positivity over fear. Facing your fear and doing it anyway can stop yourself from having regrets. So ask yourself when you're coming to a challenge, would I regret not doing this? You can take responsible risks without thinking back and wishing that you had the courage to do it. As we get older, life doesn't get any easier. We have more demands on our time, our body, our emotions. 
So you've got to really develop a greater resilience because that's what's going to help you face the challenges. And once you overcome your fears, you'll have greater courage and confidence to face other fears that then may arise. I'm going to encourage you to be a leader, to be a role model. That's what I'm doing with you now. Encourage others to overcome their fears. Show them that their dreams are achievable. It's exactly what I'm doing right now. I love this. It's like I can get on here on the Skinfluence of Success, on my podcast, and I can share with you some of my ideas, some of my suggestions, some of my encouragement to show you. Don't let that fear overtake you. You can get that dream. Fear develops courage. And courage is about suppressing and overcoming the fear. Telling yourself it doesn't matter what the end result is, you'll get through this. And by overcoming fear, you will build self-confidence and courage. And remember, fear is only as deep as the mind allows. Ask yourself, what are your fears? Find them, face them and overcome them. I like that. <laughs> Next on Tanya Tay presents Skinfluencer Success. How can you make custom media content that sells? My guest Kendra James will share how she carved out her own niche for shooting fetish and custom movies. You are listening to Tanya Tay Presents Skinfluencer Success. How can you make custom content that sells? My guest went from requesting fetish clubs to shooting with photographers at mainstream adult production companies such as Kink, Penthouse, Sweetheart Video, Twisties, and more. She has carved out her own niche for shooting fetish and custom videos. Welcome, Kendra James, to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, Kendra. Thank you for coming on and joining us. It's, it's wonderful to see you here. It's wonderful to see your face. And I'm just so glad that you reached out to me. I messaged you, didn't I, inside the DMs the other day? And I was like, Kendra, I know that you spoke to me. And I was drastically looking everywhere. I was trying to find the DM. I was trying to find the email. I'm like, I know Kendra said... She reached out to me and I couldn't find it. And it, it was a tweet, wasn't it? I was like, who shall I have on my podcast? And you'd responded back to the tweet. Yeah, I think you posted something and I just sort of made a comment. Yeah, just said, hey, I'd love to be on. I probably should have sent you a DM instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know what? It didn't matter because I remembered I'd, I'd, made, I'd made a mental note and I thought I'm going to come back because... I'd love to interview you, Kendra. Thank so, you. <laughs> so here you are. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and how you got started in the industry? So I'm Kendra James. Um, I've been in the adult industry in some way, shape or form since 1999. It's a long, long time. Um, I sort of entered via fetish in the San Francisco scene when I was about 19, 
Uh, it started as sort of like, I need money for school. What are these extra things I can do? And finding ads in, you know, like the, the back page of the local paper, like photographers looking for models, um, stuff like that. And I found some very like-minded people. Um, it was kind of a little, little goth girl and I was going to fetish clubs and yeah, sort of networking without really knowing it was networking, meeting different people, answering ads, things of that nature, and just kind of dove in. At the time, kink.com was just starting. I shot with them and I shot with uh, another company that was in San Francisco at the time, um, shot with various photographers and just kind of started reaching out and, and exploring what else was there and realized, oh, there are websites that will shoot me in New York or in Los Angeles. And I started traveling a bit more generally on the fetish side of things, bondage side of things. And then it I slowly sort of got into the the girl girl aspect of it, and yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell. I guess kind of how things began. I, I love that. It's like you know, it sometimes it's like when you don't know what you're going to be doing. You know, you're at school. It's like yeah, well, college. Sorry, you're <laughs> at college, and um, there you are thinking, you know, what am I going to do to support it? Because you know, what what. <laughs> what can you do and it's like finding out like looking and using you know your initiative you know what might you like to do and I love it that like opportunities just present themselves you know and it's like choosing those opportunities and feeling confident to go forward and take them up and it I I always find that like everything that we do it's like it's always like a stepping stone it's always like a journey isn't it and some of the companies that you shot for I mean it's, it's amazing. I know that you've shot for like Penthouse and just just thinking back when you was um, first starting off, did you ever like think in your mind, like did you ever put it out there, think, oh, I wonder I'd love to shoot for Penthouse? In the beginning, it really was like, okay, I need money for school. How can I, how can I make this money to do this thing and continue with classes and pay my rent. Like that was the focus. And I, I never, in the beginning, I didn't intend for it to be what's become a lifelong career. In the beginning, that was not the intention. So I didn't really think about it. Um, it wasn't until a couple of years later, really, that I was like, you know what? I want to be in Hustler. I want to be in Penthouse. I want to like those were the goals, but it, it took me a little while to realize like, this is what I want to do. And this is sort of the path I'm on. These are the companies that I want to work for to move forward. And then the photographers who were shooting at that time, I was like, Oh my God, their work is amazing. I really want to work with them because like, I want to be in penthouse because like Holly Randall or Suze Randall yeah. is shooting it. And like, holy cow, she's amazing. <laughs> it was almost more like, I want to work with this photographer for this publication because their work is beautiful. Not net, like, of course, the publication, but not necessarily solely because of that. So in terms of like, I, I love that. It's like looking at the, focusing in on like the photographer that you appreciate their work. And it's like, 
and then you know they've they're in penthouse they're in hustler how did you get that step to sitting down and like you know i remember years ago looking through the magazines and you're like ooh, looking through all <laughs> the men's magazines and then you like at one point you sit there and you're like you're picturing yourself like i you picture yourself being that person in that magazine and it's 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 a big journey, isn't it? It's like, how do you get, like, how did I get from sitting there looking at the magazine mm-hmm. in my house many years ago to now I am that girl in that magazine? Right. It's amazing because it's, you're picturing it in your head and you're visualizing it and suddenly you're there, you're that person. So was it the opportunities? You've got the vision, you see the photographers. Did you proactively seek out those photographers? I did. I think because I have tended to be a little more niche in the work I've done, like I said, you know, fetish content and girl, girl, it's maybe not as visible as more of the mainstream stuff. So I, I had to actively, and I've never had an agent. So I, I actively went after these things. I actively emailed penthouse emailed hustler emailed the photographers i i was on them and every time i'd be in la i'd be like hey i'm back i'd really love to shoot with you hey can i get on the calendar hey what's the schedule like i pushed for it i was my own advocate (laughs) and a lot of people that come into the industry if they want to do you know we call it like mainstream adult Mm -hmm. work if you want to shoot with like the mainstream photographers or the mainstream adult companies, a lot of people, you have to have an agent that is there that's been like, hey, these are our top girls at the moment. This is our top talent. These are our top guys. These these are the people that you want to shoot. So I think for sometimes with the agents, they can, they can present their top people. Or a lot of the photographers or the the media companies, the the production companies will go on to each individual website mm-hmm. and they they will look and they will search and you, you know now it it still happens that's the way it works now, but you I something that we both had in common I started off with an agent for about one year, maybe mm-hmm. I don't even know and then it was no we parted oh, yeah. we parted ways and. I had to go after that work. I had to be proactive. And it's, it's, I hear about like some of the talent, they go, oh, I've got an agent, they don't work for me. And I'm like, well, what are you doing for yourself? What are you doing for yourself? The jobs aren't just going to come to you just because the agents like, the agent, some agents are just being like waiting for that phone to ring. But it is, it's like, that is a challenge, isn't it? To, to be out there and be persistent without, how do you be persistent without being overbearing? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, because I don't live, I, at this point now I live in Miami, so I travel, I travel back to LA. So I have to put myself out there no matter what, like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Hey, do you want to shoot? Like, I'm traveling. These are my dates. I have to put myself in people's faces and say, hi, I'm here. Because when you don't live in Los Angeles or Las Vegas, which still is where the bulk of the work is, yeah. you know, people, I feel like people forget. I send gentle, I call it a gentle reminder. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to message people every day or even every week, but you know, if I know I'm going to be traveling, then like, Hey, 
I'm here. I'm still here, guys. Like, yeah. what's going on? But yeah, it's just a gentle reminder. And people get so busy. Companies are overwhelmed with things. Photographers are overwhelmed with things. So I, I don't necessarily feel bad saying like, hi, like, you know. It's those gentle prompts, isn't it? It's and it's by taking those opportunities and by giving yeah. the reminders and and cultivating relationships. You know, you've got to cultivate the relationship with the directors, with the people that are in charge of the production companies. Be on the same wavelength as them. Be professional and just put it out there. You know, I know that you know you travel in, you get booked, and then you leave, and then there's going to be a future date, and you're going to be coming back and you know testament to yourself is that when you come back those directors are looking to come back and shoot you again because it's you know your worth ethic it's really important you know to get onto a set and be professional and do your job and make an amazing experience for everybody on that on that set yeah absolutely absolutely i feel like i in a lot of instances i've been hired time and time again, because I really try and I, I like to try and be on time, do my job, be pleasant to work with, but try and make it easy for everybody else. And I, I may not be like the prettiest performer, the best performer, but that overall sort of experience of like showing up, doing your job, being professional, being easy to work with, friendly with people, because there's no reason to come in and be like, nasty or rude or cold but yeah I I feel like I've been hired over and over again because of these things (laughs) I I never say you're not the prettiest performer it's like no you'd never say I am not the best you know what Kendra you are beautiful and you do an amazing and I don't mean to, I, I, I definitely don't mean to self deprecate but there are, there are many, many beautiful people, there are but like exceptionally beautiful people out there and you can be the most beautiful, but if you're hard to work with, you know, maybe they hire somebody who's friendlier, you know? So that's, that's all. I don't mean to self-deprecate. <laughs> I was making sure. I'm like, Kendra, no, you're beautiful. You know what? I have, I, I have to admit though, I have worked with beautiful, other beautiful women and you're right, not everybody's beautiful inside, you know. Um, for something like that, I would think that me and you would be able to do with that kind of scene is to still make that scene amazing. And, you know, I've, I worked with a girl and everyone thinks she's amazing. And that scene, I literally, like, she was, it, it was for girlfriend's films. And girlfriend's films, you know, you shot for girlfriend's films, it's very sweet it's very smooth it's it's kind of romantic it's you know it's not kind of like evil angel right right and i it felt like there was a girlfriend's films performer me and an evil angel performer the other girl and the i'm just like this is so wrong it was literally getting that girl (laughs) literally to like hey stop pushing me stop pushing me and you know we turned it around and i have to say in that circumstance the the fans loved the scene but for me it was like it was a really strange scene because it was just like this angry chemistry i was just like (laughs) 
And the overall director loved the scene and the, the crew were like, what was going on? Uh, the, the vibe was so wrong. But you know what? It's like coming in and doing it and just making like an amazing job of it. The end product looks amazing. But I know that they would continue to have me back, you know? Apart from the fans, if the fans don't like you, you're not coming back, you know? So get the fans on your side and then do a good job and, and give them a good product. And, you know, they're going to get you to keep coming back. Kendra, I want to ask you, you know, you've done a lot of work for the production companies, but you also are a massive, you, you have your own stores, your own clip stores. And like, this is where you excel. So talk to me about, you know, let's go right back to the beginning. Where did you start with the clip stores and how did you kind of start choosing and start getting on that, that ladder of building up your content of library, your personal library? I mean, it's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> 2005 or 2006, I opened my own website and the vision I had for my website was that I wanted it to be very beautiful, glamour, like high-end, fetish, latex, girl-girl, bondage, like beautiful images, great production, all of these things. That's the image I had, right? And I had worked with, um, at the time, Fetish Nation was big, and I'd worked for them a bunch, and they were friends of mine, and I loved the way they shot, and then Bondage Cafe, which is very, like, glamour bondage, like, the wardrobe, the aesthetic, the whole thing about it, like, it's just very pretty. These are things I was trying to emulate. And there's a lot of time and money that goes into shooting something like that. <laughs> and I didn't quite realize exactly how much time and work went into making it so beautiful, like, consistently beautiful, glamorous, always feeding the beast, always, like, having that type of content to update with. So things shifted a little bit as they do. You always change and evolve. And I started exploring other fetishes and sort of ways of shooting. And I started doing more trade content with other performers. Then of course the clip platforms came about. Clips for Sale was the big one. They started in like 2003 or whatever. Uh, so they were sort of the driving force at the beginning behind the clip platform phenomenon, I would say. That was like throwing spaghetti at the wall. <laughs> like getting on clips for sale, it was like, holy cow, what, there's all these things I never even thought of before. There's yawning fetish and there's foot fetish and there's femdom and there's POV. What's POV? I'm literally sitting there talking to the camera as if it's a person. Like, <laughs> like I was familiar with femdom i had done this for many years but like the sitting and talking to the camera telling a story to the camera as though you're talking intimately with a person like that was new but it was a whole thing yeah. i would say based on the clip platforms i started to adjust what i was shooting and how i was shooting it and sort of taking different ideas from what other performers were doing what other uh producers were doing, I started sort of implementing these into uh, my own work and just sort of trying different things, trying like different ways of shooting, different genres, 
uh, all of that sort of stuff. And then I stumbled on to cosplay and I'm someone who loves to dress up. I always have been like, since I was a kid, like dressing up is fun. Yeah. You want to dress up and like pretend to be somebody else. You want to dress up and be Catwoman or Jessica Rabbit, whatever. I'm into it. <laughs> so in 2010, I started shooting cosplay and superhero stuff for myself. And that kind of took off for me. That sort of became what sold and what I was good at, what I enjoyed doing the most was like the superhero and cosplay sort of content. And yeah, I've kind of been running with that since. Always trying new things though, because like I said, it's always an evolution and you can't commit, or at least I can't commit myself to one type of work, one genre, whatever. I, I think there's a trend yeah. things kind of come and go and something will be really popular for a while and like the taboo stuff holy cow <laughs> yeah. it's so popular right but at some point that'll sort of you know yeah. that'll not disappear but maybe become less popular and something else will take its place so there's always a shift and I try and pay attention to what those shifts might be and like implement things here and there as I see it I don't know I I think for you and I when I looked I see like like a glamorous and it's like a lot of bondage and then I love that I I could see like the superheroes um you know kind of being tied off um and I it this is great isn't it because it's like when you are doing something when you work in in a job you know because this this is a job that we do and it's you know for us we're the brand and the fans want to see what we're about like they want to see the content they want to you know they have certain specific things that they like so they'll you know they'll go towards that okay well I'm going to click on there I'm going to go into this store because this one the lady she looks beautiful she looks like someone I'd like to go and look at and then once they kind of start to get to know you a bit more then they want to see you as well coming through as well as the content you know as well as if it's you know if it's a JOI well you want the personality to come through you want to get to know that person more and I I love it the fact that you know you love cosplay you love dressing up and it's like you've brought that in and bringing in something that is you that's personal and then building it and and then intertwining it into your brand to enhance you know Kendra James brand is is now even you know bigger and better because you're putting in your personal touch to it I was I did do some of the um did do some I did do a lot <laughs> a lot of the comic conventions and it, it definitely definitely was a lot of fun um and I did I I didn't do as much stuff as definitely did not do as much stuff as you with with the dressing up stuff but I think for a lot of my fans they some of them wanted like the you know, like the tied up girl in the the superhero, you know, the villain's going to come and tie them up. And for me, it's like, I love certain things, but I'm, I'm not good at being tied up. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I look at some of your stuff and I, and I see, and I'm like, okay, that's really hot. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, like the, the latex or the lycra, it's like the shiny and the cat suits and the, it, it does, it looks really amazing and I think that's definitely helped build your brand and made you you're established but it's something that people will recognize and it's like hey we want to go and see some clips with some cosplay 
and it's like they can think about you and go and find you so we're talking about you know you're talking about some of the um the production companies it was glamorous and you wanted to try and emulate that but then you realized glam can take time can take money so so talk to me about some of the things that you've done to still you know you you you're working on these fetish clips and the 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 things that you like to do so tell me like some of the things that you've been able to do making it look like an amazing production but still not keeping the cost so high my partner and i learned how to build sets on the cheap (laughs) i mean we we oh my gosh like i've turned my living room into a dungeon i have turned my dining room into a spaceship you know like going to home depot i'm trying to figure out like can we get like silver insulation and light it right so that it looks you know like the inside of a spaceship or yeah just trying to sort of build things ourselves and then learning lighting and making i'd say is my i I feel very red in the lighting i have here (laughs) like learning lighting a little bit so that people look pretty so that i look good the performers i hire look good um, but really sort of learning, trying, trying to learn every aspect so that we can sort of DIY it. I also, I, I almost never present myself without makeup on. Like to me, makeup is like a huge part of it. I want to feel pretty. I want to look pretty. I want to present myself in a very particular way. So for me, that's also like part of the glamour and sort of getting into the headspace of shooting. So yeah, you'll very rarely (laughs) see me without makeup if I'm on camera. But um, I really tried to learn all of these aspects to be able to implement them myself and not have to spend so much money like hiring a lighting person or renting a location and don't get me wrong i have rented locations i'm really really fortunate that i have very good friends with very beautiful spaces that have let me use them at a discounted rate (laughs) you know that that's another big thing is like yeah being able to find that location that a friend might have and like making it a mutually beneficial sort of situation yeah it's just finding little ways, isn't it, to try and bring that the value of a production because you are like a mini production and that's great that you have been, you know, picking up different skills, you know, you've I'm assuming that you do you edit your own videos, so that's a skill in itself, the light and the sets, the recording. I mean, even now for us, like you said about, you know, having makeup on all the time. And for me, you know, when I was shooting for the main production companies, you know, you always have makeup on and it was very rare, very rare that anyone ever saw you without your makeup on, unless it was like some behind the scenes and there was a little camera guy and he was going around while you were in the middle of doing your makeup. But you really never, ever was online without makeup on. And like now, since like it become OnlyFans and the... you know more of the candid style pictures and a lot of the fans they love that now and they love the makeup and they love the natural and for me I'm super short of time right (laughs) 
right. and it's so it's so hard you know I'm a I'm a mom I'm we, we all have a lot of different things that we have to do in our day because that's you know we're always building towards the fans and it's like getting the makeup on and today I've put it on <laughs> I, I took the time Kendra <laughs> to do the makeup <laughs> and you do you you really do you feel you feel prettier with the makeup on let's be honest I mean to me it just puts me in a particular headspace I guess like when I and I mean I put makeup on today I didn't go crazy but yeah it's just you know you you want to be viewed in a certain way at least I do and you know it, it helps get you in it helps get me into the Kendra James headspace. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I, I want to talk to you about, I saw on, you know, on your website that you do customs and I, I'm going to talk to you about the customs, but I want to talk to you about support and all the content creators. And I, I just looked at it and I thought, you know what? I love this. You had other people on your custom page so talk to me about how you support other content creators I, I mean I do customs and I want to appeal to a wide variety of fans and I have my fans I have the people who want to see me but I have people who want to see me shoot with other people or they want to see this other performer by herself and they can't like maybe she doesn't do custom videos, but she works for other companies or whatever it is. I want to shoot videos. So whether that means by myself or girl, girl with another person or another performer or solo, like that's what I enjoy doing. If I have the means to hire somebody, I absolutely will. I'm happy to pay a performer to come and shoot. I'm happy whether, and I do, I do hire people outside of custom videos. I'm happy to do trade, but I also, I like getting the content that I wanna get. And if I have a storyline that I'd like to do, if I have a particular script, I'd rather just hire somebody as opposed to like try and negotiate trade. I'm like, what do you wanna do? What do I wanna do? I'd rather just like have a script, pay you for your time and like call it a day. And then advertising that person, if I'm at, if I want to work with them, I advertise them for customs and maybe that gives them more visibility. Yeah. Uh, maybe that introduces them to a fan base they didn't already have. Yeah. But I, I also think it's important to support each other and, you know, to be there for each other. Like when I started, I, I felt like people were really secretive and very guarded about what they were doing and the information that they wanted to get out. Like when I was building my website, I built it myself and I'm like writing the code and I'm trying to figure things out and I'm asking people for help. And they're so guarded about what they were doing or what they were shooting, how they were shooting. Like I'd ask people for help lighting and they didn't want to, like they didn't want to give the information, you know? So over time, and like tr- just trying to figure things out myself, I'm like, you know what? Why? Why is everyone so guarded? If you come to me with a question, I'll, if I have the answer, I'll share the answer with you. Like, I think it's important to support each other. And I think it's important to help each other out 
and answer the questions that you know we may have the information for and again like if i have the means to hire somebody then like i'm happy to hire them too like i think it's all it all kind of comes around like yeah. whatever you put out there yeah you know you'll eventually get back so it, i don't know <laughs> it does it's like karma isn't it it's like you helping someone and you know putting the hand out there and even just as simple as what you just said then you know you you're gonna shoot someone and you're gonna shoot together and it's like putting that other person just giving them a little shout out on your social media so you like cross cross referencing each other so you know your fans see them and their fans see you and it's it it really does help you know builds the community yeah just putting that support out there you know for everyone yeah why wouldn't why wouldn't you (laughs) you know so you've done you've really have done like a lot of different clips a lot of different fetishes but how do you determine what your boundaries are and how you know I'm I'm conscious that people are going to be listening and other content creators and they're going to be like this might be amazing and this is look this search terms coming up these are the top 10 search terms um, or they might go and shoot for a production company and they're like, okay, this is what we want you to do today. You know, for someone that's listening, how how did you um, know your personal boundaries and what would you say to other people about finding out what their personal boundaries are? It's tricky because I think my boundaries have changed over time. And I was also fortunate to grow up in a very liberal environment i suppose <laughs> so like i did a lot of experimenting as as a teenager and growing up in san francisco like in a, i guess growing up in a large city you're exposed to a multitude of things and a multitude of people and you have more options uh than you would growing up in a more rural area or in a sheltered environment so i did a lot of experimenting already felt sort of aware of my sexuality by the time I entered adult and I entered in a, in a space that was comfortable to me. Like at the time fetish was sort of my safe zone. Yeah. And like, I, I was already aware of this from like being in the lifestyle or whatever. So fetish was my safe zone. And then I got to sort of play with things I was curious about based on the companies that I like working with kink. There was a lot of things I did for kink that I was like, yeah, I'm not into it. And then there were other things that I was like, oh, this is okay. I didn't know I was into that, but now I'm aware that I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. But it always felt like a safe, even if I, if I didn't like something, it felt like a safe environment to experiment or say no. I think I'm fortunate in that aspect that I was able to sort of play with things and experience things in a safe way and also in my personal life. And as as I've gotten older, there are things that I don't do anymore that I'm just like, you know what, this is not the headspace I'm in. These are not things I enjoy. But boundaries are just so personal. Like I don't do boy-girl. And for me, like it's just not something that ever appealed to me to do on camera. I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly why, but it's it's just, it, it just wasn't, I I don't know why it just wasn't something that I wanted to do on film. 
So it's not something I've ever done. And I'm really okay with that. <laughs> do you, do you, did your friends like, you know, you're known, you solo, you fetish, you girl, girls. Did your fans at any time, like, do they ever push you? Um, you know, because other, other content creators might be listening or people that might be wanting to get into the industry and they might be, they might be like thinking, well, do I have to do this? Do I have to do boy girl? Do I have to do this really tie me up scene, this bondage scene? Do I do I have to do it? And for someone like me and you sitting here now, we know you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. But I think it will be hard for some people. There will be a lot of pressure. There'll be a lot of talk in their ears saying, no, you have to do this for your career. Oh, yeah. I definitely had people, lots and lots of people tell me, well, you're not going to stay in this industry if you don't do boy-girl. If you don't do this, then no one will find you and, you know, your career is going to be done. So my, my answer to that basically was to start my own website and to start shooting my own content. I do think there's a lot of pressure to do thing, to do boy girl or to do certain things within the industry. You don't have, I mean, there's, you don't have to do anything. And when, when I do work with new girls, I, I hired this girl a couple of years ago. I hired this girl uh, for an underwater, <laughs> underwater lesbian scene for a custom video. And she was relatively new. She was a couple of months in. The fan ordering the custom had requested her. But I was I was driving her back to where she was staying at the end of the day. I think she was in from out of, I don't know. But anyway, I was giving her a ride home. And she was like, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I want to go full steam, like facial abuse and DP and this and this and this. And I was just like, girl you're two months in, like, don't blow your load in the first two months, (laughs) like, some time and like, figure out like, which direction you want to go in and let people look forward to seeing you in a scene like that instead of like giving it to them all at once. And I I don't know if that's the right advice or not, you know, but to, to me, it makes sense. Like, you don't dive head first and not really know which direction it's going to take you. And she, she was in the industry for maybe a year and that was it. She was beautiful and she was a great performer. Like the underwater scene looks gorgeous, but I don't know if she got burnt out or kind of used up or whatever, but uh, yeah, a year in. That is some really good advice though, isn't it? It's like, you you know, there are like a lot of, things that you can do and there's a lot of different levels and a lot of different steps that we can go to but my advice would have been exactly the same as yours Kendra it would have been you know one step at a time take it slow take it slow I have a friend and she's was doing solo and then someone wanted her to do like boy girl for their OnlyFans as a trade and I'm like but you've not really got a big account on OnlyFans you're brand new you've not even done girl girl and you really, my advice would be to build up your fan base, you know, get it, get it more built up, get more fans, get, you know, you want to get them all excited because here's the thing, you know, people always ask me for the big A and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it. 
Maybe, maybe not. I have, it's, it, you know, ask me, depends what day it is. But it's like they always want something. And, it, you, you know, for me, I did do boy, girl for a long time. And then I stopped and I just do, do just did girl, girl. And then I had a baby and then I come back. So then it was solo. And then we started with girl, girl. And the guys were like, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. So you give them boy, girl. And then next minute they go back to the, and then we want A. And I'm just like, hold on, you wanted boy, girl. Did you actually watch it? Did you actually go into my OnlyFans? Did you actually buy it? I don't know. They're just looking at the clip like the free clip that I'm giving them on Twitter. And it's like, but okay, so if you want to support me, you want me, me to make more content, you, you know, show your support by buying the clip, by unlocking it, by joining up to my OnlyFans, by going on to my Sex Panther. You know, they always want something that, you know, that you, you, you're not given right now. And I think right. a lot of people, when they first come into the industry, they don't realize that that's what's going to happen. You give them this much, the, and you give it to them and then they want this much <laughs> really yeah do you, absolutely yeah so you you know you've just gotta know you know where you want your levels to be and just not from a, from two very experienced women successful women that is what <laughs> we would both say i i think it's also the fantasy of something is better than the reality. Yeah. So you you might like the idea of doing something on video and then you try it and you're like, you know what? That's not for me. That really was not where I wanted to go with this. I thought I wanted to go there, but turns out I didn't want to go there. So, you know, sometimes it's trial and error and just sort of figuring it out by experience. Yeah. So when it comes to your stores and your clip stores, I, I know we, you mentioned like clips for sale. That was the first one that you kind of started off on. So I went on, I'm going to tell you, I went on your clips for sale and I was clicking and I was clicking and I was like, oh, you, you give me all your links. So I started clicking on your links because I'm like, I'm just going to have a little look around and I'm like, holy, she's got, have you got three clip stores on clips for sale? And I was like... So you have all these clips and, you know, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, how you handle your clips, how you decide where to put them. You know, what what is your strategy when it comes to why do you have three different stores and how do you, you, you know, how do you manage everything? I have my female domination store and I have my general sort of fetish store, which is actually the one that I started with. And then I have my cosplay and superhero store. And the logic behind having three different stores was that they're, they're different fans. Like the guys who want to see me tied up are not necessarily the same guys that want to see me tying up a guy. Um, they're not necessarily the same people who enjoy female domination. So, and then the cosplay people they, they might go either way, but I, I feel like people who are into cosplay, superheroine, have a, a more specific fetish. They want to see the costumes and all that. So I tried to sort of separate by genre. Um, like I said, the fetish store was the first one I opened, and it, it's kind of a catch-all. <laughs> At this point, it's kind of a catch-all for a lot of things. I put 
like lesbian foot fetish in there, but I also put bondage videos in there. Technically, I suppose I could separate it and categorize it even more. But the idea between the three was that those fans could go to that place and easily find what they were looking for instead of digging through pages and pages and like, nope, I don't want to see that. Nope, I don't want to see that. Like having to hunt yeah, to prevent people from having to hunt for like one specific thing that they were looking for. My website is kind of everything. My membership site is kind of everything, but I do have a page on my website where you can go and click on the categories. Nice. So it does make it a little easier. But yeah, as far as the clip stores go, I was like, let's just, let's try and make it easy for people. Just kind <laughs> so of when I find, do- fine tune in it so that when the fans come on, it's, it, it's, you know, you know what part of Kendra James that you want mm-hmm. and you can kind of land on that and just to make it easier to, to hand it to them more on a plate than (laughs) people don't want to search my logic is that people don't really want to search they don't want to dig for what they're looking for they just want to go and find it yeah like here's this place that i can click on and find what i want and i did at one point have two different twitter accounts (laughs) however twitter did delete me a year ago so I had to create a new account, but at one point I had like my Mistress Kendra Twitter account and that's where I posted everything femdom. Like that was, that was it. Yeah. So it was like, if you want femdom, here you go. Like that's where you find it. Um, and all the links associated with that account were like female domination oriented. But, um, yeah, when I do a shoot day, I try and... I try and break it down. Like I want to do two videos in this category, two videos in this category, two videos in this category or whatever it may be. Yeah. But I try and uh, make a list of what I intend to shoot on my filming days so that I can sort of roll into it. I pull out costumes or wardrobe or whatever, like the day before I have things laid out. (laughs) So it's easier to get through the day especially if I'm shooting with somebody else it's just easier to to have things laid out have a list of what I want to do and be able to go through it yeah that that's a good idea it's like you know you want to know what you're going to be shooting ahead of time so get it written down you know think of the ideas is it do you ever like do polls and kind of ask your fans or are you basing it on kind of what is being selling for you I pay attention to what's selling the most, but if I'm, if I'm not real sure about something or if I, if I'm like, yeah, well, this is selling, but I don't feel like doing this today or I want to try something else. I'll do polls. I'll put it out there on Twitter or I'll do a poll on my only fans. Like, you know, what do you want to see X, X, Y, and Z like of these things, what are you looking for? Yeah. Sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's more confusing because <laughs> inevitably, inevitably you'll get people who are like, well, I want to see this one very niche thing. And you're like, that only custom. See. That's a custom. <laughs> okay, well, you can submit a script and order a custom then. You're like, you know. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. isn't it? Because you're like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I've got to be able to resell it easily. You know, 
I think for the very specific customs, like, I mean, I've been asked for stuff to do with my nose and I'm just like, okay, I'm not really gonna sell another video of the camera being up there and that angle. And, and, like, my fans don't really like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes yeah. it's, it's like really specific. You're like, okay, you've got an outlet for it. If you want it, you can, if you want. Kendra James doing this for you, this is what you have to do. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. For you, you know, how do you think that you've evolved from, you know, when you first started off in the fetish clubs to now being um, this amazing content creator of very successful? How, how have you personally evolved? I mean, there's no matter what, there's a huge evolution between 19 and 40 something. <laughs> 40 something we don't need to say <laughs> you know there's a huge evolution that happens and uh self-awareness that comes about and i i feel like people really the general public sort of poo-poos adult performers and people in the adult industry and likes to spin them often the media likes to spin adult as sort of being very damaged people. And I, I would say that personally, I, I feel like I'm much more self-aware than a lot of sort of vanilla or, you know, people, my friends who, who are not in the adult industry, I feel like I, I have a little more self-awareness that's come over time working an adult not just working an adult, but running my own business mm -hmm. and having to really pay attention to finances, budget, where money is being allocated, you know, being very conscious of savings and retirement because, you know, but I, I don't have a company creating a 401k for me. Gotta um, do it ourselves. Yeah. So I, I definitely have had like a huge financial evolution <laughs> in realizing that over time. Um, I, of course you don't, uh, I didn't think about it when I was 25 and then you start realizing like, Oh, maybe I need to put money away. Maybe I need to invest maybe. So there is like a huge financial evolution, I think. And then, yeah, just sort of the self-awareness and being able to set boundaries being conscious of, of boundaries in my personal life, just in personal relationships. I feel like I'm very comfortable telling people no or telling people that uh, I'm not comfortable with certain things. Whereas, you know, I, the other friends I have my own age still don't realize these boundaries. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean... We're always evolving, right? Things are always changing. That's the nature of life. I see you as a very self-confident, self-starter, self-empowered woman. And that is that is what I see when I see you. And it's, you know, from coming from that 20-odd year old to now, you know, 20 years later, we're in our 40s. And it, it is, I think, confidence and knowing what you want and what you desire. It definitely comes with age. And, you know, you got to have really good business ethics to still be in this industry, you know, 
20 years later, still making the money, still making those clips and still having that connection with the fans. And I think you've, you've got that, Kendra. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you, Kendra, what advice would you give to someone that might be thinking about starting their own, you know, clip store and starting to explore fetishes um, to make a business from it? What advice would you give to them? Don't get easily deterred. It's work. <laughs> it's definitely work. Um, be consistent. You have to update regularly. You have to update, you know, on a, on a regular schedule and yeah, just be consistent in everything that you do in your updates, your social media advertising and, and try like you actually, you have to try and you have to move forward. Don't think that you're going to make a boatload of money overnight. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Uh, it's not for most people. But yeah, you really have to carve out what you want to do and be diligent in moving forward with it. Um, and don't, yeah, don't get frustrated. If you're, if you're going to start your own, your own business, start your own clip store, your own website, put that content out there, just, you know, work for it, work for it and be consistent with it and be, be have determination and don't get frustrated because I feel like frustration leads to defeat and, you know, there's so much that you can do if you don't allow yourself to be defeated, if that makes sense. <laughs> stay positive, keep moving forward, stay focused yeah. and know yeah. that you, exactly. will, you exactly. will get there. So thank you, Kendra, James. It's so been so amazing, so lovely having you mm -hmm. talk to us and sharing your story. So can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Of course. So you can find me in a multitude of places, KendraJames.com, KendraClips.com, FetishGirlfriend.com, GoddessKendra.com, IWantKendra.com, or you can go to Click kendra.com and that will take you to every link oh one-stop shop there you go click kendra.com is probably the easiest <laughs> yeah that's that sounds like much easier click kendra.com so thank you so much thank you for coming on the skinfluencer success podcast it's been amazing to have you on thank you kendra thank you for having me it's been wonderful to be here <laughs> thank you this is Tanya Tate, Skinfluencer Success. Thank you all for joining me on Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success, formerly MILFs Making Money. Confucius said, Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. That's a deep statement. Face your fears. Be courageous. Be strong. Imagine your dreams and don't be afraid to reach for them, even if it's one step at a time. And fear is only as deep as the mind allows. So what do you think of my podcast on the guest video? You can get to see first before anyone else on patreon.com slash tanyatade. It's also released on OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate and later on YouTube.com slash Tanya Tate Tube. Let me know who would you like to see me interview on my video section of the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. 
Who would be an inspiring guest to ask them to share their success story? Do you have a question that me or one of my guests might be able to answer and give you advice on? And did I raise any questions in today's episode that got you answering out loud or wanting to know more? You can leave feedback or ask me questions relevant to the Skinfluencers Success Podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can also ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter at TanyaTate and also on TikTok and YouTube at TanyaTateTube. You can leave me a message on my voice note on speakpipe.com slash TanyaTate and you might get featured on a future episode. So let's listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voice notes of this episode. Hi, Tanya. This is Dwayne. I was wondering if you could make me a MP3 audio only uh, uh, recording. Uh, I don't know if he's charged for such a thing or even if he do such a thing. Uh, I know you have come back into the world, but... I, I think your voice is awesome. Um, I'd love for you to get in touch with me and see if we can work something out. Um, reach me at com and just let me know if you, if you can do a recording for me or not. Thank you. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for leaving your comments here. You know what, Dwayne? I do do audio voice messages. I love doing audio voice messages. I do custom stories. I do just little shout outs. I do them on an MP3 version. Of course, I also do them video version, but you specifically ask for audio. I do it. Yes, Dwayne, I do it. The best place to reach out to me is on sexpanther.com slash tanyatate or onlyfans.com slash tanyatate. That's where I do all of the custom clips, the custom audio. And Dwayne, I look forward to seeing you and hearing from you and getting to know you a little bit better over there. Okay, let's listen to see who else that we've got. Hello, Tanya. My name's Keith. I thought you were out of the business, not making anything. And yet you're doing podcasts. This one's dated 9th, 16th of the night. Oh my goodness, Keith Lees, you keep popping up like a questioning, disgruntled old man. I don't even know how old you are, but goodness me. I thought you were out of the business. I found here I am making a podcast, pointing out the date that you listen to the podcast, that it's dated. Wow. You know what, Keith? Everywhere you keep coming up, I keep seeing your miserable messages. <sighs> I guess, here's the moral of the story, everyone that's listening to this. Don't be talking to fakes online that claim to be me, that claim, oh, I'm getting out of the business. Oh, oh, can I have some money from you? Because I don't, I, I'm not doing, I'm not doing any entertainment anymore. Oh, but I really need, oh, oh, I've, I've come up with this big story. I've had people that are telling me they paid thousands towards me medical bills. Well, please, if you did pay thousands towards me medical bills, I don't know where that money is because I didn't get to see a penny of it. Like I keep telling you, Stop being the idiot that falls for people that are fake, that use my content 
Google romance scam. Maybe Keith Lees will discover a little bit of the truth. I mean, if you want me, you know where you can find me. Sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate. And I don't chat anywhere else. So thank you to those that left voice notes. I think I just get to play them. <laughs> the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> well, you know what? If you did have something good to say, I'd love to thank you back with a photo. So I will be sending thank you photos for those that showed actual appreciation on my SpeakPipe voice notes. And if you are listening to this podcast right now on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and are inspired by any of the words you hear, please be sure to leave me a written review and give me five stars. And you can also give me a five-star rating on Spotify. I do check and I do give shout-outs. So thank you for all the support. Guys, please keep it coming in. I love hearing what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me, talk to me, phone me, video chat with me, you know where you can find me on my premium social media platforms, sexpanther.com slash tanyatate or onlyfans.com slash tanyatate. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Patreon at tanyatate, also TikTok and YouTube at tanyatatetube. I can see all of my official links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. Remember, if you don't see it on my link tree, it's not me. Be the first to see my video podcast on patreon.com slash Tanya Tate. And if you do go onto Patreon, you do join. There are different tiers that you can go and support me the highest tier, you will get shout outs. This episode shout out of appreciation for being a top level tier member goes to Jessica Ryan. Thank you so much for being amazing, Jessica. And I'm going to give it a shout out. Any of you that are listening right now, go and support a fellow content creator. Follow her on Twitter, twitter.com slash love Jessica Ryan. This is Tanya Tate. Do not let your fears hold you back. Have no regrets in life. Overcome your fear and live your dreams in life and in business. Now get out there and go build your bank. <laughs>